Hello, everybody, and welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast dedicated to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. And he's Dave. And uh, this is episode 301. Somehow we made it to 301. Thus silencing all the people that said we wouldn't get to episode 301. Yep. All of them. All the naysayers. And they're out there. They're out there. The naysayers. We didn't let them in. They have to sit outside. So here we are again. When we're starting, I guess we got another 100 episodes. Now now that we started the 300s, we got to go to at least 400. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and there's no guarantees of anything at this point in time and at our age. I'm still missing my tooth, Jeff. Even though, hey, did any, if anyone watched the YouTube and kept a close eye on it, you might have caught that quick shot of Dan Dolan's teeth. So even though Dan <laughs> says teeth are overrated, I'm still missing my tooth. I'm sorry about your tooth, Dave. Yeah. But I've told you, I think you could put like a D10. If you I, a yes, D, you did. Yeah. Size D10 might fit right in there, real nice. It would be cool. Yeah. A lot cheaper than ordering the the tooth yeah which is yeah so expensive indeed i think they'd be i wonder if there's somewhere cheap that does them cheap like thailand mexico yeah teeth for half price yeah, people have done have gone to mexico for surgeries you know? yeah i wonder if it works the same so what you've been up to lately jeff well i played the lottery day well you know we had this big lottery i don't know how many states i don't know anything about the lottery i used to play the illinois state lottery back when you only had to pick there were only 40 numbers to choose from and now it's, there's more. And, and I actually used to win occasionally with that one, but there was this big thing. I was over at a client and he said, is it called the mega million? Or mega something? million. Yeah. And there's a number of states involved, you know, and I've said to my clients for years, I've said, I've always given them a data secure database with all the information that I keep on them, passwords, logins, all that stuff. And I give it to them. And I said, you need to know where this is in case I get what what's the typical thing people say in case i get killed yeah hit in by a, a bus. tragic um accident at right. a beanbag tournament yeah yes yes exactly well i don't say that i always say to the clients in case i win the lottery <laughs> you need to have this because if i win the lottery you're going to get nothing from me but a postcard yep that's right so i said that to a client the other day and he said oh did you hear about the lottery it's a billion. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe the universe has given me a little nudge here. (laughs) And he said, you can even install the app on your phone. So I thought about it for a day. It kept niggling at me. And I think this could be it. This could be it. So I installed the app on my phone. It was about an hour till lottery time. And I thought, this is great. I don't have to drive over to 7-Eleven or something and stand in the line with the, with the great unwashed to buy my lottery tickets. <laughs> I could do it from the comfort of my home. So I finally, I figured out how the app worked and then I went to check out and pay with Google Pay and it wouldn't take my payment. So I Why, tried- your, your credit's no good here yeah, either? I, there's money in there. I was only spending $14 and I, I keep a lot of money in that account. There was like $25 in that account, <laughs> at least. So- <laughs> 
So I tried switching to my switching to my credit card. It wouldn't take it. And I thought, well, the phone app is no good. So I went over to a computer and I tried it there. So I tried two more times and then it said, you've tried four times to check out in the last hour. Oh, that- now you have to wait an hour. And I just uninstalled the app, closed it on the on the browser and just thought, today's not my lucky day. Forget it. But apparently somebody won. I think they won $742 million. Yeah, I don't I lost my ticket, so I don't yeah. know. I bought it in displays. Did you know? Yeah. That's where the winning ticket was sold. What? Just a few miles what? from here. And I lost just a mine. few miles from here. <laughs> hey, go in and tell, go tell the lottery committee. Yeah, I, I I'm haven't. sure they'll believe you. You're an honest looking soul. Yeah, I have not have not done the lottery myself. Yeah, so. do you not believe in it? Kind of, sorta. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's gambling. It, well, it's not necessarily that. I remember someone telling me like the lottery's for losers, Jim. Well, <laughs> that's true. It's like a tax. It's an extra tax you're paying. But it's like know? a game. It is like right? a game. So you, you, is there a little thrill in looking at the ticket or? I don't know if it's a game because there's really no strategy to no, it. No, it's not a game. How'd you pick your number? Oh, I did just did the quick pick. So it's random. Random. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. win. And if I had, there would just be like a postcard tape to the to the camera here that says Jeff won the lottery and he is gone. <laughs> but I don't even know what I would do. I'd probably buy a gaming table. Would you? Yeah. So what have you been up to? Well, we did have Laura's uh, dad come in. Uh, her sister brought my nephew in to visit colleges northwestern and they stayed for friday saturday and then sunday and then left um dad here laura's the dad don mm-hmm. it was quite fun uh long days but um we did the driving range ah and he can still swing at 84 uh and i cannot <laughs> <laughs> and Laura got pretty okay at it. And even Saturday when, after my men's group, when Chris was, and I were going to go play tennis singles or don't, yeah, singles, which would have killed us uh, physically. <laughs> yes. um, I was like, well, Laura and Don are here. Maybe they want to go to do golf, Chris. He's like, yeah, I, I golf a lot or a bit. So he, we all went to the driving range again. So we did that three times oh. while Don was here. Did the botanical garden did the concert of chicken slap my son's concert uh fundraiser for ukraine um to weapon systems or raise money to buy big weapon systems off you know you can go on ebay and stuff and you can find these third world dealers and in, in, in these weapon systems it's crazy and then you just order the stuff and we're gonna somehow ship it over to ukraine yeah, it's the shipping that'll get you. So, the, the, <laughs> the equipment itself is not that expensive. Surface-to-air missiles, those shoulder... <laughs> Be humanitarian uh, help. And uh, Laura's dad actually danced. Got it. We thought it'd be funny to walk across in front and dance. You know, they had a mob of their friends and friends' friends and all singing along. And the band's pretty good. Chicken Slap. They're, they, they put it on YouTube live stream oh. also. And he danced. So, did, he, did he get in the mosh pit? He did pretty good, Jeff. Yeah. But Laura and I were like, don't let him fall. Yeah. 84. That's our job. Do not let him fall. Yeah. 
So she I gotta, kind of stayed on one side, yeah. and danced a little, and um, oh, if he can swing a golf club, that's pretty good. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, and walk, you know, for short distances and stuff. So we did bring a um, like a travel chair to the botanical garden. It was a beautiful day, and today then he left. He left already, and Laura left. So, uh, I did the movie with Marianne and Megan. Oh, what movie? Nope. That's a movie? Nope. It's <laughs> Yes. Nope's nope. a movie. Okay. It's Keel and Peel uh, and Key. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Peel and Keys. Yeah, he did the uh, the director did the first film was Get Out, I think. Oh, yeah. Now that was pretty good. That was really good, I thought. Yeah, I've not seen that. Pretty like figuring out what's going on and then got real intense and um and then the next one he did it where there was a family of doubles that came into this these people's lives and that was i kind of like that too this one was a, a aliens some kind of alien life thing mm. which was like ufo thing so without saying too much it was a very unique take on aliens uh did they come to take over the earth no good yes I'm tired of that it was a night it was just telling a story on a farm horse farm and a little small i don't even know what state arizona nevada i don't know where this or california well they were hollywood horse trainers but anyway no it was more about the well it was an the, the aliens were very very unique so that's all i'll say at this point okay but we liked it three of us liked it yeah i think his first film get out was probably the best so um yep and then on netflix love death and robots have you heard of this thing no i haven't we don't have netflix remember heavy metal movie? yes yeah it's a sequel oh but then it got un not produced and then it got produced but because netflix was going to put it out so it's short 10 minute 20 minute vignettes yeah unrelated stories and i'll tell you listeners if you like the heavy metal thing it has the feel totally of that some are inappropriate nudity lots are inappropriate violence but oh. i can do the violence better um <laughs> the opening story with three robots in, uh investigating why mankind what happened to mankind thought it was fantastic and then several more very intense one was like a horror story on a ship with a creature. Um, amazing direction, amazing animation. You got you got the time, go do them. You know you don't like the nudity. Look, try to look ahead and figure out which ones are PG thirteen. Uh, but creativity, Jeff, is blowing my mind. Oh, that's good. All these people sitting around making these st short stories. Yeah. So I'm kind of wowed by this thing. That's good to know. Good to hear because there's so much stuff that's just sequels and redos and reboots. <laughs> this and did not seem all that stuff. It's like another ASL scenario. <laughs> another one? World War II again? No, Korea this time. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Well, we, we've got a show going here at some point. 301? And, uh, yeah, 301. Can't believe it. Three, 300 was fun. And we needed to do some 
drawing of the winners. Oh, that's right. Should we do that now? We have Feast in the East. We had 10 entrants. Yes, indeed. We had Richard. We had Pifor, Bruce, Christopher, Anders, Rick, Gordon, Mark, Zeke, and Rick. And that is an even 10. I think, Jeff, I can hear the dice rolling. I've He's got dice. going for a 10-sided dice. I've got dice, and I've got a cup here. It's not very fancy. We should have drawn this on episode 300. Okay, here's the dice for people that are actually watching this. You can see that I'm not cheating. Here it is. And, and the number is, now oh, I'm cheating, 10. Oh, that is Rick Niznanski. You have won the um, Eastern Pack that we up for the contest. I don't have it here. Oh, great. But I will ship that out for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. And then... Don't forget to claim that on your taxes. Interestingly, we had 10 for this one, and then we offered Sword and Flame. Deadline is today. We're going to draw it anyway, because wow. no one's going to come in before midnight. And... Which is a huge, huge pack. So you think more people would have been interested yeah i guess but uh no. maybe we didn't make a big enough deal about it nope same deal as but always that's the way it goes nothing different this time okay and how many did we get we have a bunch in our speak pipe and we're going to play those for you now okay here we go the question is what do you like about asl i think it was yes yeah hey guys Congratulations on 300. I would love to win the Manila. And yes, I'm from Canada and I would gladly pay the shipping. What I love about this game is its intensity, its variedness, and how the community itself is uh, a great bunch of groups all the way across. Thanks for all you, you do. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. It is a great community. Yes, it is. All right, we've got one here from John. Great job, gentlemen, on your 300th episode. And thank you to Jared, Rich, and Mike for the interesting conversation. My favorite thing about playing squad leader is when I find I'm in the middle of a battle using a familiar board like one, two, three, or four, it doesn't feel like the action is taking place on a familiar board, but it feels like a small piece of Russia, or France, or Germany, or Scandinavia. The ability of the game to abstract the maps encounters to a realistic situation really makes the game special. I was also thinking about Mike's comment where you might have 90% casualties at the end of a game. I wonder if a KIA might really represent when a squad becomes so demoralized or loses their weapons in a scramble to save their lives, and just runs away from an incredibly dangerous situation that even if the squad has not literally been killed, it's been degraded to the point where that squad has for all intents and purposes given up, then they aren't gonna be a factor in that day's battle anymore. I guess I'd like to think that more of those little cardboard guys will make it home to their cardboard families. I just won a scenario pack in a recent contest, so please don't put me into the drawing for the Manila game at. I can already tell from your what's in the box review that I'm not even close to being able to make any good use out of it. Good luck, though, to everyone who enters your contest. It's quite a generous prize. Hmm. Oh, well, thank you, John. That was uh, very nice of you. 
So we will not put your name in there, but we'll keep your name for maybe something in the future. Uh, here's one from Alan. Hey guys, Alan from Edinburgh here. I just wanted to enter the latest contest, if that's okay. Uh, I guess what I really like about ASL is the fact that knowing that however long I play the game, I'll never know it all. I really have trouble with the rules, <laughs> but it's a great game. Okay, cheers, guys. Alan, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> Very well said. Here's uh, one from John. Hi, Jeff and Dave. Dave and Jeff, or Jave and Def. Not sure if that's ever been resolved, that controversy. Um, you had wanted to know what uh, people loved about ASL. And uh, what I really love about it is the, uh, the historical modules. Um, and I, I like the scenarios, but it seems like, you know, the, that last turn or two, you, you kind of throw out some weird gimmicky stuff, but the, uh, the length of the historical modules is awesome because, you know, you, you're not sure exactly when the scenario is going to end. You have an idea, and then you also have to uh, preserve your course for the next one. And then, uh, you know, you purchase your, your next troops to add in. And uh, that's just pretty cool and helps you learn about that historical situation in an in a interesting way. So, hey, congratulations on 300 episodes. Uh, this is John. Um, see you later. All right. Thank you for that, John. It is correct about the Yankee. We say Yankee stuff at the end, doing yeah at the, at the end of a scenario. Yeah, pulling out all the tricks. Yeah. <laughs> Rick. This is Rick from Milwaukee saying hello, Dave and Jeff, or is it Jeff and Dave? I don't remember if that burning question was ever resolved. So I'll just start over and say hello to half squads. It is so hard to choose one thing I love about ASL other than your podcast, of course, uh, shameless pandering there. But actually, I think I love the Vazel computer program the most. Without it, I don't think that I would have ever even learned the game. And of course, it was indispensable during COVID. So I'll say I love Vazel. And thanks again for the podcast. Bye bye. Excellent. Thank you for the pandering, Rick. We'd never get enough of that. <laughs> And here's the final one from Rob. Good morning, Dave and Jeff. Uh, hope I'm not too late to enter the contest. Uh, just want to congratulate you guys on episode 300. Uh, I've been listening to you for, oh, probably I joined in around episode 19. And of course, listen to the back episode ones. Uh, <clears throat> and I just wanted to say you guys were really good for me back then. I was going through a little tougher time. Uh, got diagnosed with depression. And the funny thing is you guys were always there for me, whether you knew it or not. Uh, I would just put you guys on at night sometimes, uh, just before bed, listen to you guys. And uh, I like the ASL content, but it's just the fact you guys are great conversationalists. Uh, just having you guys talk about stuff, whether it was ASL or life or Dave's stories about his adventures or various... Uh, animals uh it was always good so i just want to say thank you very much uh you guys were really been an important part of my life actually and it's uh, you've helped me a lot and uh i'm in a really good place now um playing asl uh, having fun life's good so thank you very much and please keep going if you can 
if you want to, but I'll keep listening. Have a good day. Bye. Wow. That's uh, very humbling. Wow. Thank you. Jeff is going to roll the D6. And six won't count. Here is the six. Here is the die. Here is the six that won't count. Did you? It goes into the magic plastic. Because we spare no expense. We have no expense. Oh, and it's a six. Okay, so I'm going to roll again. <laughs> and the number is. Hold on. There we go. And the number is one. Number one, Alan, you are the winner. That's going to cost us a lot of shipping. Yeah, it is. You can send that to Scotland. Alan it, Hume. It'll be cheaper for us to fly it there, Alan. So I think I'll just bring it in my luggage. No, we'll figure that out. All right. Excellent. So there we go. And we got more uh, contests coming up, everybody. So I hope yep, you Yep, this listening. one right now. Oh, we got one right now. Okay. What do we got, Dave? <laughs> we have Rally Point Volume 10. October 2015, the best of Pete Schelling. So these are Ooh. 10 scenarios previously previously pre previously released in Schwerpunkt. I'm going to roll for that one right now. And oh, I won. Oh, Jeff, you are the winner. That should happen. So actually, listeners, go ahead and give us an e email with the rally well in the subject line. Rally well. By September 1st. Yes, that uh, gives you a good 30 days. Excellent. Got to be able to handle that. I know a lot of people are under stress. You're busy, but you should be able to do that. Rally point. Send us an email with rally well in the subject line, and we will enter you in the contest, and we'll draw you on then. Yep, or we'll Great. just draw a picture of you. Yes. All right. Well, we're about two hours into this show, and nothing's happened yet, so... <laughs> How about a what's in the box? Oh, splendid. Two, actually. My favorite time is coming. First up, Jeff, how about, how about this? What's in the box? What? What's in the box? Do you, what do you think about three-player games? The actual three-player games with the three different nationalities on the board. What do I think about them? Yeah. Do you remember, remember playing it? Yeah, I've played, a, I've played it probably just two or three times, and each time I had a very good time. Excellent. Yeah, we, was, did, we did Dogs of War. Yeah. Was that the one? I think that was at home. I should have checked who we, who we gamed with. Um, at your house? I don't. Right. We recollect. I mean, I remember playing it. Yeah. And loving it. Yeah. I don't remember who we played, but it was somebody nice. And was it Mark Woods at a tournament? No, that was the second or third yeah. player game. Yeah. And then I think Dave Timonen and I and someone else was that you did we did the Mouse of Madness from yeah, the that could be. from the um, I know I played that one the yeah that was from the Communist Revolution pack from Le Franc Terreur. right uh, that's got so many different battle options going on well what has come out is the something from MMP the March Madness uh, MM <laughs> three player game scenario pack. I did a little bit of a deep dive on it. It's not too long, but we look at all those scenarios. Would you like to have a look? Yes. Let's take a look. Here it is. Hello, Advanced Squad Leaders fans. Today we're going to take a look at a little pack called the three player pack from the ASL March Madness group that would include Dan Best, Dave Mareski. 
Rick Reinish, Paul Works, designers, Dan Best, Nigel Nick Hickman, Dave Mareski, Scott Mullins, Steve Swan, Paul Works, etc. Well, you already know you, if you've played the three-person games that they're very unique in ASL. Uh, first one I remember was Dogs of War. Dogs of War. That one was time on target 45. Really? That, that long ago, I guess so. And that game had the Germans versus the ROA. What was that? I don't remember. I'm looking at the ASL archive here. Uh, and the Czech Partisans. It was some kind of Russian dudes. I remember playing that one. And then also In the Mouth of Madness from Le Francteur from the Solar Pack 4. That one had the... Uh, Bolsheviks and the social revolutionaries and the red Russians. And ASL Journal 11 has uh, eating the local constable, constabulary, constable, constabulary. And it is uh, Italians, uh, South Africans, and some Italian mutineers. I played that one also. I think there's been a few more, but if you can't get enough of these three-player games, you're going to want to get that three-person scenarios pack. No one is safe. Kansas City ASL. All right. MM68, Aliwas Escape. Uh, Poland, yep. April 1944. What we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> um, the... Uh, Polish, we call it the AK Armia Krajowa. Uh, an element of that was pushed by the Soviets to fight against the Germans, elements of the 5th SS Panzer Division. And the Soviets didn't support them, of course, when they got into battle. And so they ended up trying to break out of the situation. So you have the Poles, Russians, and Germans all duking it out for victory points. Often it's the one with the most victory points at the game end, as is the case here. The partisans get the CVP for German units and half CVP for Soviets, and double the exit VP for partisan units exited. So that's a nice little touch. They want to definitely kill Germans. They get some credit for eliminating any Russians in their way, and they get double points for exiting. Germans get CVP for both partisans and Soviets, and the Soviets get CVP for partisans and Germans. Exception, the Soviets get double CVP for partisan units captured, thus quadrupled CVP at game end. Hmm, makes it very interesting. Special rules are the Poles are partisans, the Soviets, um, 328s, half squads, and any recombined 628s are NKVD squads from the Valor of the Guards rules. And if you get a casualty point uh, for no obvious cause, like fate, any CVP awarded to the closest known enemy and then if equal distant, use random selection. And then you each have your own little 
um, player record here for rally phase, prep phase. Nice to help keep track of everybody. That's Aliwa's escape. Marsh Madness 69, Marsh Rochamfe. This little Scott Mullins design. Scott, nice work. Six boards, very large, 12 turns, night rules. <clears throat> this is a morning mist on these with the plus one low visibility stuff. And you got the Soviets, the Russian partisans? No, Ukrainian partisans. Yeah. I didn't figure out why they would want to kill, the Russians would want to kill the Ukrainians, probably some long-standing thing historically. And the Germans are trying to exit now. This one's very unique. Not only as you already saw with the night, the coming day, but the Soviets, the the, the Germans enter on the south edge of the board and they have, are all cloaked up for night. And then the partisans set up north of a streamline and I haven't, haven't brought that up on Vassal or set it up at home yet. But And then the Soviets come in on 15 squads worth of horses and then a supply convoy also. Um, East or west edge of the boards, and that's turn five. They're not even going to enter for a while. For scoring points on this one, side with the most victory points is the winner at the end. Everyone gets CVP. Germans get additional ones exiting friendly units, north edge for having good order German squads on the board at the game end for. Each scrounge, successful scrounge of any type, we'll look at the special scenario rule seven, and three victory points extra for each Soviet truck they destroy. So that's be a big one there. And one for each scout car. Soviets get additional victory points for exiting friendly vehicles off the north edge, and the partisans receive additional points double for German Soviet MMC eliminated in close combat. But for some reason, they want to do close combat. One for each building the Germans have not scrounged, provided neither the Germans nor the Soviets control that building, so they want to protect buildings. Uh, one for each captured um, support weapon they possess a game in, and one for each half squad capacity of horses they pick up from the Soviets. So they want to gather resources, protect buildings, so it's very interesting. Arzen's bands to include Ukrainska Povitsna's Armia. Time for a Google search, fans. Yep, that's the Ukrainian insurgent army. So no wonder there are insurgents going on here. So very fascinating setup for 69. The special rules, uh, the night stuff, the haze, the their partisans, the uh, Soviet vehicles, a convoy, and to a certain position on the board, the Germans cloaking. They can hide units. The Germans can hide units during the game. So um, in addition to small arm scrounging, special rule seven, there for unarmed units and ve vehicle scrounging for sport weapons and unarmed units, armed German MMC may scrounge buildings, trucks, and scout cars during their own rally phase. 
So they got all this scrounging stuff going down. So that's, that's kind of cool. And that special able to hide. And also on this, here's a list of the third three-player games that I didn't know about. Um, Dogs of War. And then there's this Whom Gods Destroy, Journal 171. I dropped off my journal playing around 110 or scenario um, around there. And then got you know, playing all these Bounty Fire production games with Mike and all these other stuff. And um, haven't got up to that one yet. The Constabulary is J164. I think, I think we did that one ahead. There's FB14 at the Narrow Passage, the Mouth of Madness we mentioned, Burmese Bandits, Frank Terror, the Deluxe Pack One. So there's one in there, and there's also one bought in the new Deluxe Pack, but there's a War of the Gargantuans, ESG126. There's is not to reason why, RPT110. Abel was I, ere I saw Elba, RPT31, and I played that one, I know, Hogan's Heroes, BWM0, don't know that, Slaughter at Shandorovska, XX7, and Normandy, Journal de Stratégie, March Madness 70, Vilnius Breakout. This one is in Lithuania, 1944, and this one has a at the end of the aftermath, it gives you a nice little clue here. The uh, Vilnius garrison had provided the Germans a strategic respite of six days, tying down major Soviet forces and allowing the Germans to establish a defensive perimeter in the West. And then the NKVD arrested Vilnius um, leadership and other Polish government representatives and began conscripting many Polish army uh, resistance fighters into the new Polish army being formed by the communist government. So the it's the Polish army is Krakow, uh, Krakow army, the Soviets and the Germans in this one. And the victory points, again, it kind of makes each one unique. The Germans, it's the most victory points again, but the Germans get them for Soviet and partisan units and exit and prisoners. The partisans get the full CVP for Germans, half again for the Soviets and two VP for each bridge location control. One VP for each location control in, in specific, specific buildings on the board. And the Soviets get the full CVP for Germans, half for the partisans, and two VP for each bridge location on board 79 control. So you can kind of get a little battle for the bridges. And, and there's this, it's interesting, I'll be interesting to see how the half victory points for one of your opponents versus full for the other affect the play of this. You know, looks like the Germans could have a tough time, but, you know. And so the special rules are pretty standard. There's a low visibility here in the packets for the morning. The Soviets don't begin until turn three. So that also be interesting to see how that plays out. So two of you get together, you play turn one and two and the guy can show up for the next night and finish the game off. Or, and the um, they're, the partisans again, but use Axis minor units and support weapons. Next up, next up, MM71, the Brits Lend a Hand Part 1. It's two-part scenario. They recommend, of course, playing Part 1 and then play Part 2 with the modifications from Part 1. Um, 
Interesting. Your OB here is German. I mean, yeah, German, American, and British. So you're wondering when would these three groups fight? They're not going to. The American forces are not going to engage the British forces and not treat them as enemies according to special scenario rule two. Lots of counters on this one. Four boards stretching across and full length boards and only six turns here. The Americans come on in three different turns, one, two, and three. Germans have a ton of half tracks and a Panther platoon. Three tanks coming on. Looking at some of the special scenario rules here. And victory conditions. The side with the highest VP wins. The CVP are awarded normally. The Americans additionally get two for each building location control the game end. And the British additionally receive six for each building location controlled at game end. See rules, special scenario rules two and seven. The Germans additionally receive exit victory points going off the south edge of the board. So this is in Belgium, by the way, December 25th, 1944. American and British may deploy to enter as half-track passengers. The Americans that enter vary on different roads by turn. So turn one, two, or three, you'll have to look at those entry levels, areas, and then make a decision. And Americans get some air support to 44 fighter bombers with bombs. Uh, aircraft may not attack, a known British unit may not attack during the British defensive fire phase. And if you don't enter the Americans by turn four, they're eliminated, points going to the German, and any and all ha German half-tracks set up with their passengers may set up with their inherent passengers unloaded, exit from the vehicles. Crews having abandoned their vehicles and having removed all their stuff from the vehicles and as assembled sport weapons. Germans can also deploy to get into the vehicles. So again, I, that'll be interesting to see. That's part one. Part two is MM72. So to kick off part two, the Ritzland hand, MM72, you need to go to the special chart, which then lists the conditions from part one, which award or deduct um, forces from your starting forces for part two. So that could be kind of cool. Uh, for example, for the Germans, uh, for the number of German squad equivalents exited off the south edge, um, they can add to the OB. And the you know, infantry for every three squads added this way, added um, one machine gun, blah, blah. Uh, Number of German vehicles or guns exited also then they can add a German AFE or gun of the same type, highest victory points. You get some reinforcements on turn two additional, second highest victory points, you get more stuff, reinforcements, like an 8 468 and a Panzer Shrek. Uh, for the British, you get the highest victory points. They can add two squads, a medium, a Sherman. Second highest, one squad, support weapons, and a half-track. British tank, half-track destroyed by burning in the first part is remove a vehicle from the second part. 
etc. So Americans have the same kind of chart um, for them. So there you go, part one and two. That's a Paul Works scenario. The last three-player scenario, gorillas, as in the fighters, uh, MM73, um, Girls in the Mist is a historical. Is it a historical? I suppose it is. An original scenario designed by Nigel Hickman. Three-player conversion done by Steve Swan. Uh, at Encircled Productions, LLC. And it's in the Congo with Belgium defeated. Political elements in the Belgian Congo began to agitate for independence from the Belgian government in exile. Guerrilla bands formed. The response of the local administration was to meet force with force in the northwest of the country. Local uh, garrison began to counter guerrilla sweep due to lack of effective communications. Garrison was not aware an Italian force had crossed. So this one's going to put the um, Mount Matumbo garrison and small. These are like all about eight squads plus some, you know, sport weapons. And then a, a Italian group and then a um, Liberty Society of the Congo coming on as the third party. So the Italians, the partisans, and the Belgians are the Liberty Party of Congo. Victory conditions. Partisans win a game end if any partisan units are hidden or hit. Ooh. Otherwise, the side with the most CVP of unbroken non-crew infantry remaining on board between a stream and another stream at game end wins. So is this a game about survival? Could be interesting. It's only seven turns, smaller units, one board, board 36. They can give that a shot. So that'll wrap up the scenario pack, March Madness, ASL3 scenario pack. I think it's still available. I think I bought this one. I like the three players. Why not have more friends get to enjoy? advanced squad leader with you rather than just one opponent. Well, that was very interesting. I, I, those sound like fun. You know, and it's such, it's such a bizarre concept. We're so used to a battle having two sides only. Have you ever seen a movie where there's three sides? Well, I guess there's the battle of five armies on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Were there really five armies? Yes. I only remember, I so, remember that they were fight, fighting against the orcs. One, okay. And then uh, there were the uh, elves. Yes, two. The dwarves. Three. Uh, humans. Four, Lake Town. Yeah, Lake Town. And then um, the robots. <laughs> oh, the dragons. <laughs> the eagles. <laughs> the e Right, the eagles, number five. Bjorn didn't count, although he rushed into the battle. Yeah. Anyway, it was all very confusing. And you don't you just don't see that many movies or anything where there's battling multiples at once. So it's a very different concept and I really like it. I, I'm sure there are people that don't. I'm curious why they don't. Yeah, like that could it. be interesting. Yeah. But you like them, don't you? Yes, yeah. very much so. You get to see have an, another person come and join the game. Yeah. Um there's a little bit of this little diplomacy stuff going on a little bit a little bit so what was really unique in those scenarios that we looked at just now i like the way they had all these the victory points messed around a little to where the one side entered later 
And so then, and then they scored points, full points for the one killing the one guy and only half points for killing the other guy that made them really unique also compared to the normal ones. Yeah. But so that's a, what's in the box. I'd like to keep that little pack for myself and maybe you and I could play through some of those with Rizzy, Spilky, Timonen, maybe Doug Grease again. Right. That'd be great. And now a short word from our sponsor, Bounding Fire Productions. Bounding Fire Productions. Listen, go to BoundingFire.com. It's all about the internet these days, but you got to do it. You got to go to BoundingFire.com because that's where you're going to find some great ASL products. They make a bunch of products like Into the Rubble 2, Beyond the Beachhead 2, High Ground 2. Objective Schmidt, Corrigador the Rock, which just came out recently. If you don't have it, that's the place to go get it. Founding Fire Productions. They also sell LaFranc Terrier products on, through their site. And a lot of great stuff. Always high quality. And you can always get it at Bounding Fire. You'll thank us. Love and that. now, to finish up our show, it's like another What's Going what, On? What is in the box? What is in the box? Did you reverb us? Don't sit down and take off your socks. Let's go to what's in the box. <laughs> That's the jingle. We need a new That's jingle. That's the jingle. So Jeff, what is in the box here? Uh, looks like a winter offensive pack, which is perfect because it's August 1st. Uh-huh. That's how that's how behind we are. That's how we roll. I couldn't find my green hell of Einor. Uh, you get your usual little card. Tells you what everything you should have in the packet. And... Check it out. Check it out. This is a board. Wow. This is a historical ASL. No. Size board. It is not. Guess again. It's just a big old board. It's just a big old Is that right? They just decided to do a big old board. Do you remember what the game do you have? Did you ever have those games? Which one? There ones? it is. Streets of Fire. Yes. Right. Oh, so it's like that. They're this big. Oh, that size? It's oh, called okay. Deluxe ASL. Yeah. So this is not the Deluxe pack that we looked at from LFT earlier in the year. I guess that was last year. This is from MMP. What's on your board? Well, I've got Hill 357. Can't beat that with a stick. <laughs> I mean, oh, here. I guess I should turn it around. So there's a two-level hill, there's a three-level hill, there's a nice uh, ravine, uh, gully, gully, gully running through it, running downhill. There's probably a pretty little waterfall. It'd be a great spot for a picnic right, right there. there. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty normal, typical looking board, just with the nice big deluxe hex sizes. Yeah, no, getting a lot of hills in Deluxe with a third level, I don't recollect if they did that on the LFT product too, on all the new boards in there. But in Streets of Fire, there were no hills. And Hedgerow Hell, maybe it had one level hill. <clears throat> can't quite remember. This is board N. Similarly, it has a mountain. Can I have yours? And let's see if this goes together in any kind of way. They're geom. What are they? They're geo. Geomorphic. Does that look okay? Or yeah, that... that does look right. I can't see it. Yeah. 
So they fit together. Is that making a big hill or something? Yes. Well, looky there, kids. You got a big hill from Deluxe. And that's not all. You got three boards. That's pretty sweet. Now, how long has it been since a Deluxe product? Well, they reissued. Yeah. So yeah. you had the LFT thing was the first, like, let's go back to Deluxe as far as I can remember. Some scenarios here and there in the action packs, whatever. Wow, that board, Jeff, is a lot of orchards. Very many orchards. And grain. So that's also going to be unique for these kind of boards. Um, so the LFT product, and then this pack, bonus pack 13, all deluxe stuff. And then they reissued all the old Streets of Fire that you have there, Hedgerow Hell, reissued in the from MMP, put it all together into one pack. Added in a bunch of scenarios from the journals, annuals, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how many scenarios come in this? Four, a okay. whopping four. Whopping four. So I've got a scenario here called Shotgun Shuffle, which takes place in Saipan in June of 1944. So this is fun because we're we've got some Marines here, some of the more up-to-date advanced strong Marines, seven, six, eights, and some four, five, eights, about mm -hmm. 18 of those. Late war. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Against uh, not as many Japanese units, but they've got, so they've got to move against the Japanese and the Japanese get to set up trenches and four pillboxes and they will be defending that. Now, what's kind of interesting about this one, you know, typically I think in these scenarios in the, in the Pacific PTO, Japanese have a really good advantage in close combat a lot of times. Yes. They're, they're very good at it. Um, but in this one, the Marines, prior to close combat resolution, unpinned good order 458248s that have not been ambushed may make an IFT attack versus in-hex Japanese melee units, applying all firepower modifiers and die roll modifiers normally. Oh, like shooting. So, yeah, so it gives them a little extra. So the, the Japanese may hesitate a little before jumping into close combat. Mm. So that looks kind of fun. And then on the other side, uh, one smart bastard. Can I say bastard? No, blastered. Oh, blastered. One smart blastered, which takes place on Iwo Jima. This is an Iwo Jima scenario on February 28th, 1945. About uh, 20 Japanese with, and they've got a one AFE and a couple of infantry, uh, an infantry gun and an AT gun, a bunch of pillboxes to set up against 20 768 Marines. And the Marines also have three, four AFVs, including the flamethrowing tank, ah. always great. And they have an AT gun. And what's interesting about this one is the Japanese have a little purchasing table. They get 30 points here so they can purchase additional stuff like trench counters and mine factors and AT mines, wire counters, uh, concealment counters, tunnel, Oh, and what I like about this scenario is tunnels and cave complexes are not NA. Oh, you don't have to worry. <laughs> Instead, each cave pillbox is connected via tunnel to every other cave pillbox within three hexes. Okay. 
no in-depth caves back nope. further back nope. in the reserve area. And there's a couple, like I say, you, you can purchase some extra tunnels if you want to, but the typical tunnels and cave complexes is NA and Wow. Room. Can you show us that scenario? Oh yeah. Didn't think of For that. Our YouTube. Usually we ignore our audio listeners. Now we're ignoring our video yes, listeners. We are. You know, watchers. One smart blaster. Oh, they left the L out of the word. They did, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's the table. There's the table for purchasing. Yeah, it gives it some nice variety. Yeah. These do seem like a lot of counters for a deluxe game. Well, yeah. I can't remember the Streets of Style, uh, Streets of Fire probably had a lot of Russians against Germans lined up on the roads. I played them all, but anyway, I have um, 41. This is designed by Pete Schelling, and, and these are both Korean War scenarios. So oh. Dave, Timon, and I were playing through the Korean ones, and he was interested in trying some deluxe. Well... Guess what? Now he's got the Korean ones on the deluxe boards. This is boards N, H, and O. So H is from one of the other games. I don't know. Hedgerow Hell, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H from Hedgerow Hell. Um, and it's just a five and a half turns, but it is 20 squads also, Jeff, for the North Koreans trying to exit points off the south edge. And another eight coming on turn three. And then the defenders are um, holding up, uh, well, and you got 25 plus, man, 30, you're looking at squads coming on here. But you got these big hexes, so you don't care. You could stack them all up in the same hex, and you don't even care. Yeah. Yeah. They that, fit nicely. That is true, but your board's going to be pretty full. So it's just going to be a slugfest. Some people don't like the deluxe because you don't, you lose the maneuver, you know? Yeah. I think Jim had said that on our interview. Um, so the South Koreans and the North Koreans, 1950, August. Uh, and then on the bat, oh, and this um, ammo shortage, Alpine Hills are in effect, steep hills. So that'll affect your line of sights in those hills, but there's not a whole lot of um, hills as we saw on those boards, but an ammo shortage for both sides. And then the next scenario is a Spartan style WO42, and it uses all three boards from this pack. So it's got the hill, I'm sure, and then this board M, which was the orchards. Yeah, I think so. But you have the um, United Nations forces here. They're the Greeks and the Greek Hellenic Battalion. To win, the Communist Chinese got to have one good order MMC at level three, provided the UN forces do not have more unbroken victory points at level two. So it's kind of like break a lot of the guys at level two and then get one guy up on level three um this also has the steep hills in effect that's a korean war um terrain both of these have the korean war terrain obviously and ground snow make it a little different there and they treat a foxhole as a building for rally to like you know because oh, if all yeah. you've got is the foxhole and you're out there right yeah. I, I like that stay in it and try to rally where else you're gonna run Right. Uh, and then the Chinese communist Chinese can have some troops come on later. Again, there's 30 or so. No. Oh, this has these four one seven squads for the Chinese. Now, David, I looked that up. 
and I forgot how they work. I think they're like just for, they don't have guns. I think that was it. I think they're just throwing grenades or rocks and stuff. Oh, commissar. Oh. But still, that's 20 regular squads against 13 of the Greeks defending with the standard array of support weapons. So there you go. That's what you get in winter offensive bonus pack 13. Pretty cool. Lots of cool stuff. Lots of variety there, as one of the people on SpeakPipe said. Lots of variety, mm -hmm. which is great. I think that's all we got for you for episode 301. Okay. That's it. I guess in that case, we'll wrap it up and we will hope to see you guys next time and gals for episode 302. We may have a guest with us next time. Is that right, Dave? We're hoping Rich Spilkey. Yeah, and we're going to talk about prisoners. So everybody get on your striped pajamas and stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up later this month. <laughs> Indeed. And in the meantime, remember to roll low and rally well, but, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye-bye, everyone. Goodbye.